What's up, Eagle Nation? Um, this is the Eagles Power Hour. Thank you guys for listening. If you are listening on podcasts, that is awesome. Um, typically, that is the better content because I don't do anything fancy with the video. I'm going to try something new, and I'm probably going to get flagged for it on YouTube or anything like that, but I don't care. But I'm going to be showing some videos um, while I ramble. So at least you guys, if you are watching on video or YouTube or something like that, you just don't have to look at my ugly face and, and wonder what the hell is he talking about. You'll at least be able to watch some background videos. Um, we have some videos of, of course, Eastern Washington versus Idaho, because I want to recap that game um, here in a minute. And then we also, I'm, I'm going to show some videos about Weber State, um, really this game last weekend, because I think this was one of their tougher recent matches with all of their starters in play. And we're going to be re you know, previewing a little bit of Weber for our homecoming game. So, yeah, without without any further ado, let's see if I can figure this out. And um, let's see if, if this will work. But I'm going to press play here. And boom. All right. So the background is going to be playing of really the Idaho versus Eastern Washington game. Now, maybe I just shouldn't recap anything and let you guys just watch for about 14 minutes because that is going to really showcase everything that I'm going to talk about anyway. Um, but if we get into this game, this, this was a complete beatdown. I know there was a little bit of animosity. I mean, if you listen to the post-interview post game, um, you know, Aaron Best said, listen, this game means a little bit more, but it's not a rivalry. Um, some players, uh, they they were kind of upset prior to the game. But you see there a big run by Eastern Washington. Offensively, we were able to do whatever we wanted to Idaho. Um, if you guys are not aware or have not heard yet, we put up 71 points against Idaho. Um, Idaho scored 21 points. One of them was, I'm going to say, a garbage time touchdown. Um, and we really pulled our starters out after the first drive of the first, fourth quarter. Um, Idaho had no answer for us. Eric Berrier, we're just going to read some of these stat lines while you watch the game. Eric Berrier, 26 for 35. Very accurate day. And look at that giant catch. Now, they, they called that not a catch until they reviewed it. That was, that was really impressive if you guys are watching. But, okay, Eric Berrier, 26 for 35, 600 yards. Big sky record. That is a big sky, or not big sky, that is an Eastern Washington school record. Um, I know there's been eight FCS players that have done that in a game um, throughout history. I don't know if one of them has been in the big sky or not. But yeah, guess what? 600 yards. It was amazing. Seven touchdowns through the air. One touchdown on the ground. Um, Eric Berrier did rush for minus 23 yards, and that's because he took up two big sacks again, kind of like the Montana game. Um, this was a field day. We we were averaging a first down a play. I don't know how many teams have averaged a first down a play. Eric Barrier was averaging 17 yards and a, a pass, um, over 24 yards an actual reception or a completion. Um, the wide receivers, let's give some love to the wide receivers. We were still without Lemu Jones. Um, let me skip this ad on that one. Oh, ad, video will play after the ad. Bummer. All right. Well, I guess I can't do much about that. But Lemu Jones is still out with an injury. I'm not really sure 
I'm not really sure how long he's going to be out. Um, I, I hope he's coming back this weekend because we have a pretty aggressive team that we're playing, but I'm not positive. But let's give some love to the Eastern Washington wide receivers um, who are playing. So, you know, Freddie Roberson, nine catches, 192 yards, 21.3 yards per average, two touchdowns, unstoppable. Um, then we also have Andrew Boston, another playmaker that, you know, Idaho's seen all too much of. Five catches, 175 yards, 35 yards average, and a touchdown. Dennis Merritt, the running back, three catches for 102 yards, 34 yards average, and a touchdown. Um, Efton Chisholm, you know, 56 yards, two touchdowns, averaging almost 19 yards a catch. And then we have um, one of our new guys who, you know, he's actually been playing quite a bit. Last week he saw some catches, but Jacoby James, um, true freshman. I believe he's not a red shirt, but a true freshman, 6'1", 200 pounds. I want to give this guy a little bit of love. Uh, but, yeah, he had he's already had 122 yards on the season with a touchdown. This game he had 60 yards and a touchdown, averaging 15 yards. We only played – we didn't really have to go through our rotation on the wide receiver chart. But look at Eric Berrier scramble, and he still had minus 23 yards after that play. Uh, rushing because it was a little crazy but yeah um, offensively one two three four five six different wide receivers caught a touchdown um, that does not happen um, Dennis Merritt he had a hell of a game rushing the ball too seven yards average 11 rushes 77 yards um, Justice Jackson he got his first touchdown um, he carried the ball 11 times 55 yards and a touchdown um, Lewis nine carries 86 yards Everyone was doing extremely well on the ground. Um, it was it was a bloodbath. Anything we wanted to do offensively, we were able to do. Some of the numbers that I'm going to say are going to be really alarming, and then we'll talk about how how good the defense was. Um, but okay, third downs, we were eight for eleven. That's pretty impressive. That that big Boris run right there. Okay, um, I know I said I'd talk about defense in a little bit, but that play just popped up. That was. Zach Borish, um, he is a true athlete. He's a phenomenal player for Idaho. He had a 75-yard rush. He had a 75-yard rushing touchdown. Uh, other than that, a few good passes. He didn't throw much, but that was really the only play for Idaho. <coughs> Ooh, sorry, sneeze there. That was really the only breakout play for Idaho um, that made me cause for a little bit of concern. Other than that, the defense completely shut them down. But we had 837 total yards in this game compared to Idaho's 322. There was a 510-yard gap between, or 515-yard gap between the two teams. That is insane. I know you guys are watching this highlight film and just going, yep, if you did not watch this game, well, there you go. This, this just speaks volumes for it. Rushing also, we did a phenomenal job. 213 yards rushing on the, on the ground. Um, with 41 attempts. So, you know, we were actually a pretty well-balanced machine, not in terms of yardage, but in terms of play, and it worked out just fine. We held, really, Idaho to 182 yards rushing. And again, 75 yards of that was from one play. We held them to 140 yards passing. Um, overall, defense did absolutely amazing in my mind. Uh, we had a couple good, good interceptions. So we have, um, let's see here. Darian Sampson, let's give you a pat on the back. And then we also have um, Marvin or Marlon Jones. You got another interception as well. So we, we got two turnovers. That was a phenomenal. 
quite a bit of big plays across the board. Mitchell Johnson was looking uh, amazing. So it's it's nice to see the defense really, really do well. And when you're looking online, the Twitter universe, it, it's so depressing to hear people talk thinking that they've actually watched an Eastern Washington game every single day after Eastern's putting up these big scores and these big wins. All we get from the Twitterverse, from the NDSU fans, from the Missouri Valley fans, from people who think they're experts and have watched all of Eastern Washington games, they go, ha you still gave up 56 points to Western Illinois. Everyone is judging Eastern Washington's defense on two of the, or yeah, on two of the 28 quarters that we have played. They're not judging us on the other 26 quarters that the defense has played. They're judging the defense on two quarters out of 28. And that is unfair. The defense overall has played extremely well. Um, we don't need to be world beaters on defense, but the defense is fast. They're physical. They're doing everything that they can outside of one game. And really those two quarters, we have held teams at the end of the fourth quarter, all offenses to 21 points or less. And we have given up a few garbage time touchdowns like against Northern Colorado, Central Washington, I guess Northern Colorado didn't score before, Central Washington, Idaho. We're giving up a few garbage time TDs that are skewing up really the defensive numbers and stat lines. All people see is they're giving up 27 points per game. Yep, two quarters of that, we, we did not do a good job. Um, I know there was humidity. I know there was heat. I know there was cramping issues. People are not buying that kind of reasoning from me. So whatever, you guys don't have to believe me. Other fans outside of Eastern Washington, I don't care. But start actually watching the games and start actually judging Eastern Washington from the other 26 quarters we played. Stop looking at two quarters and thinking, you know, this whole program, you know, this defense, you don't know shit. Um, sorry for the language, but the defense is playing phenomenal this year. Again, we do not need an NDSU style defense where we're holding teams to seven points or less a game. We were no, no team is going to hold us to seven points. Um, we, we need a defense that can hold teams to under 24 points. I think if we do that, we win every single game that we play. Now, we'll see. Um, you know, Weaver's coming up. They're a really good defensive team. They're stingy. Um, you know, if we get into the playoffs or Montana State, they're still coming up. They're stingy. They're good on defense. UC Davis is good on defense. We have a lot of defensive battles to where maybe our defense will need to hold a team to 17 points or, or less. But right now, I feel confident in the offense that I don't think anyone can hold Eastern Washington in the FCS to under 35 points in a game. And I feel confident that not many teams are going to be able to score more than 24 points. And on the teams that I think can score more than 24 points, like the Southeast Louisiana, Cole Kelly, um, I don't think they can hold Eastern to 50 so um, or below 50. So there's going to be some teams where I think we match up really well with, but yeah, we, we need to continue this momentum. One thing that does make me nervous, you know, in 2018, I'm comparing up this team a lot to the 2018 team because we still have a lot of the same starters that were in uh, the championship game due to injuries. Plus, you know, Eric Berrier and all of this, we have, we have a good amount of young players actually getting play time in that championship game. I think this team, when you're looking at all the stats, very similar offensively, we're quite a bit better. Defensively, very similar in terms of creating turnovers, very similar in terms of total yards given up, 
this this defense is actually a little bit better. And then in terms of points given up, now that defense is a little bit better. But to counter it, we're scoring more right now. These teams are getting a little bit more opportunity. And then again, we've given up a few garbage time TDs. We had to go into double overtime versus UNLV because we missed some field goals. And then, of course, there's those two brutal quarters that we played against Western Illinois, where our defense didn't look good. But overall, this team on paper and this team from the eye test looks just as good, if not better, across the board than that 2018 um, Eastern Washington team. So I'm really excited to continue to watch this Eastern Washington team develop. I just hope we're not peaking too early because that 2018 team, I think towards the end of the year, that's when we really started finding our own rhythm. We were playing extremely well. Um, you know, we we lost that Weaver back in 2018. It was Eric Berrier's, you know, third total start, second start of the season. You know, and then towards the end of the year, we crushed Portland State. The game looked a lot like this. We crushed Idaho. It did not look like this, but we've crushed all these teams, but it was towards the end of the season. Um, so I just hope we're not peaking too early, but it's hard not to be optimistic. It's hard not to be excited about this Eastern Washington team, just because I've seen all the offenses that Eastern Washington has put on the field, um, at least since 2007, you know, when I became a student and I followed them pretty regularly. I think this is the best offense we've ever fielded across the board. Um, I mean, the numbers speak for themselves. We're, a, we're on pace to break the single season record that Gage Gubrud had in 14 games. We're getting pretty close to that in an average of 11 games, if we can keep this pace. Again, we have some tough matchups coming up. I, I doubt we can keep this pace. Um, but we're still going to be doing an extremely good job. Um, but then, yeah, defensively, we look just as good as 2018, in my honest opinion. Um, this is a, a title contending team. Um, so I hope I'm not just getting too optimistic. I hope we're not peaking early. And I hope I'm not just being biased when I'm looking at these games and then I'm seeing games, you know, that NDSU is playing, that Montana State's playing, that Weaver's playing, that James Madison's playing, South Dakota State's playing, or Sam Houston even. The eye test for me, I think Eastern Washington is playing the best football right now. Now, again, that can change this next weekend. That can change in the next few weeks. But as through week seven, I don't think there's a better team than Eastern Washington right now. Um, so I'm pretty excited. I'm pretty high on them. I feel a little bit bad for the tubs of the clubs guys, um, what they're going for going through. Like this was a game I just wanted to brag and talk a lot of smack on because in the spring, that first game, I don't know if you guys are aware of this Eastern fans. They did a live showing at a bar. They were talking so much crap about how bad Eastern Washington is. They can't handle the physical teams. And I really just wanted to give it to them. But unfortunately, they are so down. And I just, I don't want to beat them up too much. Um, they're a good group of guys at the top of the club. And um, I think the Eastern Washington players <laughs> maybe, maybe know some of those. Um, I know, like Eric Berrier, if you're listening, I see what you do every now and then on Twitter. If someone says you have no NFL talent, if someone says Cole Kelly's way better than you, if someone says Eastern Washington can't handle um, the pressure or physical teams, you like those comments. We, we have some bulletin board material that I think the players really do go after. Um, 
they seem to be playing with a chip on their shoulder and with a little bit of attitude. So maybe that is part of the reason why we wanted to really run up the score on Idaho. Um, but also at the same time, it's hard not to run up the score when every single player was open. Um, it's, it's not like, I want to say, it's not like we were trying, I mean, we were definitely trying to score some points, but the wide receivers were open all day. There was nothing they, that nothing we ran where there wasn't a giant hole in the middle of the field or on the corners. Um, just a great offensive performance, but yeah, tubs at the club guys, man, they're having a hard time uh, with their coach. It looks like we're seeing the full on demise of Paul Petrino right now. And I feel bad. Those guys at the tubs of the club. I know some of us Eastern Washington fans are not fans of them. I like them. I think they are awesome. I think they put on great content. They're a good group of dudes. Um, they, they're pretty upset at the coaching. They're pretty upset at Paul Petrino. They want him fired. It's, it's going to be interesting to see what Idaho can do, but since they've come back down to the FCS, it's kind of been let down, let down, let down. And this was the icing on the cake. I don't know how you recover from this throughout the rest of the year. And then you got to play Montana next too. It is interesting what Montana's doing. And we'll kind of talk about that in the next few minutes when we recap the big sky. But yeah, what are your thoughts? When, when you're listening to this podcast, you know, shoot me a message on Kyler EPH on Twitter or Facebook, however you see this. What's your thoughts on this Eastern Washington team? What do you compare them to? In the beginning of the season, like right after the Western Illinois, I, I'm i not going to lie. I, I kind of was like, oh, this is maybe that 2014-2013 style team where we could score on anyone. But the defense has given up too many points. I really did think that too. And then you see the rest of the body of work. And now I'm going back and saying, nope, the defense looks every bit of 2018. They're, they're amazing. Um, I like everything about this, this defense. I really do. They're fast. They're aggressive. I don't see too many teams being able to score more than 24 points on us. And I just think we win 99.9% of the time. If, if we hold a team to 24 points or less. So yeah, I kind of want to know some of your thoughts. I was a little bit disappointed when I'm watching this replay and I kind of made a comment on it. A little disappointed in the attendance of this game. You know, Idaho, they, they're our closest team. They're right next to us. We're number two in the nation. We, we had this great game day atmosphere when Montana came into play. And then we see this type of a game and, you know, there's no fans on the away side. Um, the, the bleachers in the end zone, they were pretty empty on both sides, even those little death trap bleachers. The home side was rocking. I mean, the home side showed up. I wish we had camera angles when we're watching these games on TV to only really show that home side because you guys are phenomenal. But I don't know, man. The attendance just – there's something about it this year, at least just in this game, and maybe I'm overreacting. I mean, it wasn't good in the Central Washington game either, but I get it. School's not in, um, and it's against a D2 team. I get why it's not that good. Oh, look at that run. Look at Merritt go. Uh, but we, we really need to pack the house. Weaver's coming. It's homecoming week. Please, students, please, Eastern Washington fans, pack the freaking house. Uh, we really need every ounce of person there. We want to make it feel like a big home field advantage. Did you see that play, too? That one is just stupid on how this game went. Eric Beria, if you guys did not see that, he dropped back about 10 yards. Idaho grabbing his legs. 
Um, that should have been a sack, and he's still able to hobble around, hop around, and get the ball out. It was just an amazing effort across the board. I don't, I can't say anything bad about this game. This was, no one expected this. Some people expected blowouts, but by blowouts, you're thinking maybe like 50 to 24, or maybe even what the score is right now. And then, of course, we missed this kick. So the score really could have been worse, but it is what it is. But yeah, no one expected a 71 to 21 point game against Idaho. I don't think anyone expected us to beat them by 50 points. So, yeah, I mean, that's really my thoughts on how the Idaho game went. It was overall extremely positive. I don't have any negative things to say. I'm excited about this team, and I'm excited to see them continue to play. we got a lot of tests coming up. But before we dive into this homecoming game and what it means to us, and um, we're going to look a little bit about Weber, let's go around the big sky. I'm going to stop sharing this screen and, you know, this video real quick. And we're going to go around the big sky a little bit. Um, See what's going on so give me one second so of course eastern washington number two in the nation montana state is a top 10 team as well both teams are four and oh sac state that was um that was a little bit of a shock so sac state has now won what is it 11 of the last 12 big sky games that they've played in Sacramento State is doing a phenomenal job. They, they don't, when you watch them, though, this is one of those weird teams. When you watch them, they just don't look that impressive, but then they continue to win. And the more you watch them, the more you go, dang, that team actually is good physical. Their offense is good enough. Um, they're going to be a tough team to beat. And when you look at the rest of their schedule, I mean, Sacramento State, they play Northern Arizona, Northern Colorado, Cal Poly, Portland State. Those are their next four games. They're going to go 4-0. They're undefeated right now at 3-0. They're going to go 4-0. And then they end the season with the Causeway Classic against UC Davis, who right now is 6-1 and and has one big sky loss. Sacramento State has a very good chance to go 8-0 in conference and win a, win a big sky championship or 7-1. I don't see them dropping the other four. They could definitely drop a game at UC Davis. UC Davis is an extremely good team. But yes, Sac State coming up with a big win on Montana. Let's look, let's you know read some of the scores that happened last week. So Sacramento State 28, Montana 21. It was one of those things. Chris Brown from Montana, their backup, he's he wasn't able to do much. Um, he was accurate, but he wasn't able to spread it down the field. It was more of a dink and dive. Um, and then Dunaway, 200. That's Sac State's quarterback for you guys who are not aware. 227 yards, three touchdowns, one interception. Um, they were able to put up 456 yards against Montana's offense or defense, and then they held Montana to 272 yards. It was pretty impressive. They won the turnover battle. When you, when you win the turnover battle, you're going to win a lot of games. And then Northern Arizona just crushed Southern Utah. It was pretty fun to see. Uh, Martina is a quarterback from Northern Arizona, 417 yards, five touchdowns. And then their running game, this, this was impressive. Kevin Daniels. Now, I get it's against Southern Utah, but Kevin Daniels, 19 carries, 229 yards, and a touchdown. Good for you guys, NAU. You, you have a weird up-and-down season. You go, you lose to Sam Houston State at home, 42-16 in the home opener. Brutal loss. You lose to South Dakota, who's actually looking really good. I thought this was a very big letdown game, but they might be in the top 12, top 15. I don't remember where they came out in the rankings. They're... Pretty dang good. I think I had them at around top 15. 
Then you beat Arizona. Now, Arizona's trash. I get that. But you're not supposed to ever beat Arizona, Northern Arizona. And then you lose to Northern Colorado. We thought the season's done. Your only win was against an FBS P5 program. And then you've lost everything else. And losing to Northern Colorado was not a good loss. Then you come back, you crush Idaho State, which Idaho State beat UC Davis a few weeks ago. Then you crush Southern Utah. Right now, Northern Colorado or Northern Arizona is 2-1 in conference. When you look at the rest of their schedule, they have Sac State. I don't think that's going to be a win. They play at Idaho right now with all the drama. I think that could be a very good game. Then they play UC Davis. Um, they play Montana and then end at Cal Poly. I don't think NAU is going to be in the playoff running by the end of this, but they are a very weird team where they're up and down. But it was a great win against Southern Utah. Goodbye, Southern Utah. You are now 0-4 in your last year in the big sky. It is not looking promising for you guys to be competitive in that last year before you go to the WAC. Um, then, of course, let's see here. What were the other games? Idaho State lost to Portland State 31-10. Portland State's a top 10, top 5 team in the nation. I get it. You're supposed to lose. For those of you who are not aware, that is just a big sky podcast joke. Um, kind of trolling Bobby Hawk there. Bobby Hawk. I'm sorry. I call him Hawk. And then UC Davis did what UC Davis is supposed to do. They, they rebounded very well after a horrible loss. They won 32-3 to against Northern Colorado. Um, the standings, let's go down it. Eastern Washington, Montana State, Sac State, un, all undefeated. Sac State is a game behind Montana State and Eastern Washington. Then you have UC Davis, 3-1. NAU, 2-1. Portland State, 2-2. Two two. Montana, 1-2. Now, Montana has an easier road until the brawl of the wild. So we should see them skyrocket, and then they'll be in a position to go 6-2 and two, or maybe 5-3. and three. That's my guess. And I don't know when Cam Humphrey is going to be back. He was on the sideline and dressed this game. My guess is he's going to be playing next week. He seems to be getting quite a bit healthier, so... Good job. You're a tough dude. I hope you can come back. I hope you're going to be healthy because Montana needs you. And you're playing Idaho this next week. Maybe they don't need you this next week, but we'll see. Idaho could maybe be playing pretty pissed off as well. Idaho 1-2. and two, Weaver 1-2. and two, Northern Colorado 1-3. and three, Idaho State 1-3. and three, And then the bottom dwellers, Cal Poly 0-3. Southern Utah 0-4. Now what's crazy is, of course, in Montana State and Eastern Washington, they're by far playing the best in the big sky so far. Um, Montana State has scored 128 points. They've only allowed 38 points. Eastern Washington has scored 118 points and allowed 87 points, which means Eastern Washington, the point differential for Eastern Washington is 131 points. That means we have a bigger point differential than anyone in the conference has even scored. You know, we're above Montana State by three points on what their even total offense has scored. Um, we've been playing extremely well. I hope we can continue to keep it up, but we'll see. But that's kind of the big sky picture. Let's look at what's going on um, this next week. Idaho State is at Montana State. I think we can chalk that up as a win, which means Montana is probably going to be coming to Eastern Washington undefeated because we play them after Weaver. Montana versus Idaho to the second oldest rivalry for Montana. I think they played like 10 million games. I'm not sure. I do not think Idaho is going to be able to come out on that one on top. Um, UC Davis plays Cal Poly. UC Davis should win. That's going to bring them to now 7-1. and one. Northern Colorado, Southern Utah, potentially the game of the week. I mean, not in terms of a, a game that means anything, 
but in terms of which game, I have no clue what's going to happen. I think that is the one game where I'm like, ooh, any one of these teams can win. And then, of course, Northern Arizona at Sac State. That should be a decent one. NAU seems like they're peaking. The Sac State looks extremely good. I'm kind of rooting for Northern Arizona to beat Sac State in this one because I do not want any competition when it comes to winning the Big Sky. If Eastern Washington can win out and Sac State maybe loses to Northern Arizona or a UC Davis, guess what? We win the Big Sky. But again, we have a pretty tough road. We do play Weaver State. So now I'm going to, let's see, see if I can share this video now. Um, I'm learning. I'm learning. And again, we're probably going to get flagged. I don't care. It is what it is. All right. Hopefully that's playing in the background there. What a beautiful sight Weaver is. I do think they're one of the most scenic stadiums in all of the FCS. Weaver State, Weaver State, Weaver State. An extremely defensive-oriented team. They are still an amazing defensive team. They are not ranked in the top 25 for the first time, and I think it was like 53 weeks, 52 weeks, um, like straight consecutive weeks, not just a year. They've been ranked in the Big Sky for a very long time. Not just the Big Sky, but the FCS in general. If you guys watch this game on Friday night, for one, awesome game. Um, it was not the most entertaining game, but what an awesome game. They were playing on ESPNU, and it was Montana State versus Weaver State. I mean, two of the teams that were in the semifinals in 2019. It was a fantastic atmosphere. I mean, the stadium's amazing. The stadium's beautiful. What not to like about this game besides scoring. If you watch this game, there was no scoring involved. When I'm looking at Weaver, now they've been kind of, they probably played, I'm going to say just them, them or maybe Dixie State have probably played the toughest conference so far or the toughest schedule so far in the FCS. Weaver State opened up at number 24, Utah. That was a loss. They played Dixie State. Of course, they blew them out. Then they played Weaver or James Madison, who if you guys do not know anything about James Madison or don't follow the FCS on the national landscape, James Madison has been a top-tier team for five years. And even in their down years, they were still like a Montana in their down years. Six and five, seven and four. They were still a team he didn't want to play. But James Madison has been on an absolute tear in the last five years. They've won a national championship. They've been to three. Um, yeah, I mean, they lost in the semifinals to Sam Houston State, where, I mean, if you watch that spring game, Total collapse by James Madison, and Sam Houston ended up winning, but James Madison looked like the better team across the board, and then just collapsed. So, yeah, that was a close game. Um, the big difference with that game, because James Madison won 37-24, to and some people are like, it wasn't a close game because Weaver scored two at the end. But also, here's the deal. Weaver State was with their third-string quarterback. We weren't playing Weaver State healthy. And then I think Josh Davis got injured like halfway through the game or something like that. Uh, maybe not. Maybe I'm making that one up. Um, I know he's been injured a couple times. Actually, maybe it's just this last game. Maybe that's what I'm thinking of. But, yeah, James Madison won. Then, of course, UC Davis. They came to Weaver. And, again, no no starting quarterback yet. They're still on the third string. UC Davis beats them 17-14. to UC Davis is top 10 team. Then they crush Cal Poly. And then they play Montana State. Another top 10 team. 
they played three top 10 teams in Utah. Pretty, pretty tough schedule. And then they have to go, and now they play the number two team in the nation as well, Eastern Washington. Um, hats off to them for this brutal schedule. I know they didn't choose half of it, but they chose the other half, and they're at a conference. So Weber State right now, they've only scored a total of 59 points in conference. They have um, only given up 37 points compared to our, 50, our, our 87. And if you were watching this game again, so you saw that first drive, Weber State, phenomenal. They drove down the field. They were doing whatever they wanted in Montana State. That was the only drive they were able to do whatever they wanted. Montana State was able to out-physical them. Weber State's offense could not do anything. When you're looking at this game, I mean, Barron was back. The first-string quarterback is back. He was a freshman in the spring. He played pretty well. He has a lot of promise. But he was back. He moved the ball fairly well. But the weird play calling, he couldn't really stretch the field. He was throwing 5, 10 yards, and it was fine. Josh Davis ran okay. 13 carries, 53 yards on a touchdown. Again, I think he was injured. The wide receiving group, a few drops. But overall, Montana State's defense was just that elite, and we're able to hold them. When you look at the team stats, this was a very close game. 222 yards for Montana State, 269 for Weber. The passing was completely different. This is where... This is, this is where it's a little bit of a concern. Weber State held Montana State to 76, yard passing, 76 yards passing, and Matt McKay's been pretty pretty good the rest of the season. Weber's, Weber State's defense is elite. They held Cal Poly's quarterback to 84 yards the week prior. So they have not given up a 100 yards to a quarterback in a while. Hunter Rodriguez. They held Hunter Rodriguez to 99 yards. That's the quarterback from UC Davis. Okay, so the last three quarterbacks who were starting quarterbacks did not get over 100 yards total offense. And then Cole Johnson from um, Jalen Madison, he had it below 200 yards. But this is an amazing passing defense from Weber State. Nothing has changed in the last few years in terms of their defense. They have a very aggressive line. They can hit you. They'll blitz you. They will out-physical you. They'll wear you down. Um, and it was, you know, Montana State's defense held up. They were able to withstand their offense playing poorly and shut Weavers down. This is one of those games where Eastern Washington, yes, we have the best offense in the nation. We're probably not going to look like the best offense in the nation. We're probably going to struggle a little bit. Now, we're not going to have 88 yards passing. And we may have that in the first quarter. Um, I'm not positive, but yeah, I, I don't think we're going to have 88 yards passing like kind of the other three quarterbacks that Weaver State's played. We're going to do well enough. We're going to drive down the field. We're going to score a few times for sure, but we have to get ready for our defense. The defense is going to have to play really good because Weaver State's defense is definitely capable of slowing us down. They've done that all season. James Madison and Utah were the only ones that they didn't slow down too much. And they still are holding, well, Utah, I'm not going to count. But they were still holding James Madison to below their average, I'm pretty sure, or pretty close to it. Dixie State, three points. Dixie State was able to have 20, 24 on Montana. This is a smothering defense. And you just watched that play from Montana State. It looked like the exact same two teams were playing. It's a different color of helmet, a different color of jersey. 
two smothering defenses and Eastern Washington gets to play them both. So yeah, this is one of those things we have to really stretch the field. I don't think Weber State's been tested down the field as much as they are going to this week. So that's kind of my key. We need to, the, the O-line needs to block extremely well. The O-line needs to be physical. We need to not wear down because Weaver's going to try and wear you down. They don't care if you're up by 14 going into the third. By that fourth, they want you on your hands and knees, breathing, can't really um, get up. That's the Weaver State type of defensive motto. Tough nose football, a slobber knocker, as the good old Brian McLaughlin would say. That's the type of team that Weaver State wants to be, and that's the type of team they are. They can definitely put us in some bad situations, so we're not going to be able to make some mistakes that maybe we could against an Idaho or a Central Washington or even a Western Illinois. Maybe we can't make some of those same mistakes that we can against um, Weaver because Weaver, Weaver will be able to shut us down. We're not going to be able to not punt, if that makes sense. The last two games, I think we punted twice, maybe even once. I mean, we're going to be punting in this game. So field position is going to be huge and just playing playing our best football. This is, this is a team that will punch us in the face, and we just have to get back up and go, all right, you punch us in the face, we're going to punch you four more times in the face. Um, this is going to be a boxing match where – I think Eastern Washington has the weapons to win. But Jay Hill's done an extremely good job against us. The last time we played Jay Hill, this was um, Eric Berry's 2018 year. I think I don't think we played him in 2019. Let me actually look that up so I don't lie. But I don't think we played Weaver football 2019. I think the last time we played them was in 2018. All right, let's see here. Yep, okay. All right, cool. So last time we played them was in 2018. Eric Berrier's second start of the season after Gage Gruber went down with an injury. And the game was like, what, 9-6? to six? It was the only time in, I think, 100 years or some stupid thing that Eastern Washington hasn't scored a touchdown. That was Eric Berrier playing. Now is that Weber? Eric Berry looks way more comfortable. That was a tough environment to play um, in your second game. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. But, yeah, we have to capitalize. I think we really need to stretch the field. Um, the running game, we're going to have to run. I don't know how much we're going to be able to run. That, that's the thing about Weaver's defense. Their front seven is elite. This is, not, this is not a Southern Utah defense. Their front seven is elite, and they can cause a lot of issues. But I think we just have the talent. And I just don't know if Weaver State can put up the offense against us like maybe they have against a Dixie State. Everyone else, their offense has been pretty lackluster, and I like our defense this year. So I think this is going to be one of those games where Eric Berry may not get all the praise. But maybe the defense gets the praise in this game, and I'm kind of hoping for that. Eric Berry, we love you. We want the defense to get a little bit of praise. So I think that's going to maybe be this type of game. Um I forgot to say it is homecoming. So that'll be fun. Score predictions. Um, and sorry, I'm cutting this episode about 20 minutes short. Hopefully you guys don't mind. I have to get ready and go to work. So this is a, a mid-morning one. One of my appointments canceled. So guess what? I had to go to work. So I'm kind of recording this and I'm pushing it out on a Tuesday. So you guys can also get it a little bit earlier than it's been the last few weeks. 
score prediction, score prediction. I'm trying to think on what I think this game will be. They're going to hold us below our 53-point average, 54-point average, definitely. We're not scoring 54 on Weber State. Um, I think it's going to look a little bit like Montana-ish. But I'll go Eastern Washington, 38. Weber State, 24. I think that's going to be the game. Um, I think Weaver's going to get a couple big turnovers. That'll put them in good field position, and then they can get maybe a, a few easy touchdowns with Josh Davis. But other than that, I, I think we're going to be able to hold them well enough. And I see us still with a double-digit win, which is crazy to say because Weaver is still a good team. I know they're not ranked, but no one else has played their schedule. I'm sorry. Most of the top 25, if they played that schedule, would have the same amount of losses, maybe one less. And I don't see many teams outside the top 25 that can beat Weaver State. I really don't. This is a better team than what their record shows. You guys can call us homers on the FCS Fans Nation page all you want. I would like to see you have a close game against Montana State, a close game against UC Davis, both top 10s, and then play James Madison with your third star, third string quarterback and tell me how well you're going to do against James Madison. Yeah, good luck. No one wants to play James Madison with a third string quarterback. That's a guaranteed loss. No one wants to play UC Davis with the third-string quarterback. That's going to be a loss for a lot of teams. And then, healthy, you're playing Montana State, which is a top-10 team who's beaten everyone fairly easy until this game, and Montana State's defense is elite. And then you got to go to Eastern. Definitely, they are going to be better than their record shows. Um, yeah, this game makes me a little nervous. I'm not – I was nervous before the Idaho game, to be honest. Um, and right after the Idaho game – and after watching this game, I was like, ah, maybe I'm not nervous about Weaver coming. Nope. The more I think about it, the more nervous I get. Their defense is so elite. They can cause issues for anyone. We just have to capitalize. We can't make mistakes. Um, we got to play our game. We got to play our tempo. We need to make them tired like we made Montana tired in the fourth quarter. We need to continue to grind them out. We don't have to score on every drive. You know, punt the ball, get better field position. Get some stops and then try and coast again. Try and get down the field. If we're doing 60 yards a drive and not maybe scoring or kicking field goals, I'm not as comfortable, but at least I know by the up tempo our offense is going, Weaver State may be able to get tired in the fourth quarter. And then if they are, then we can start really capitalizing. Of course, I want touchdowns early and often, but if it doesn't happen, we just got to wear them out. We got to drain them out. So, yep, 38. 24 Eastern Washington gets the win in homecoming weekend. Um, that's all I have for you guys. If you guys can like, subscribe, do whatever you want, um, that would be great. You can see us on YouTube on the FCS Fans Nation YouTube page. You can get us on podcast form if you'd rather listen to this on a drive. Yeah, we're everywhere. All right. Thank you, guys. I hope you have a great rest of the day. Go Eags. Boom.